Welcome to East Texas News Roundup for the week ending September the 20th, 2019. Texas News Roundup is a weekly review of the news in five southeast Texas counties covered by Polk County Publishing Company newspapers, including Tyler, Polk, Trinity, San Jacinto, and Houston counties by the editors of those five newspapers. Polk County Publishing Manager Kelly Barnes kicks off this week's podcast. Good morning, this is Kelly Barnes with the Polk County Enterprise, and I'm bringing you the news of the week. We have a Sunday edition, September 15th, and also our Thursday edition, September 19th. And in the headlines this week, we have an appeals court that upholds the Scott conviction, which is Derry Scott. It was attempted capital murder conviction and life sentence for Derry Derwin Scott, age 57, was affirmed last week in the Ninth Texas Court of Appeals in Beaumont. Scott was found guilty of the attempted capital murder of Corrigan Police Officer Austin McCracken in the 114th District Court of Polk County during a trial that was held in March of 2018. Sheriff hopefuls that are going to be running for that position here in Polk County, three of them were hosted by the Republican Club, and those three are Byron Lyons, Mike Nettles and Paul Kane. They've let their intentions be known that they are running for public office. And the filing period for the Republican primary is Saturday, November 9th to Monday, December 9th at 6 p.m. So others could join this race. But right now there's three people that are in the running. The kindergarten class of Livingston ISD cheered on the Livingston Lions varsity football team. There's a really cute picture in the paper. There was a local person who found guilty Dwayne Foster Bowen, 41 of Livingston. It was a state jail felony for timber theft. He's been found guilty. There's a 9-11 memorial in the paper um, where the Livingston Veterans of Foreign Wars post 8568 line up in front of the flags at Livingston City Hall. There's a story in the paper this week that nearly half of all car seats for children are used incorrectly. It's really hard to believe, but I do know they're hard to get in and out of a car, and there's a certain way to use them effectively. We have a story in the paper about that. The Polk County Crime Stoppers are looking to ID a suspect. There's a picture in the paper of a man who was the thief of a 2007 International 4300 bucket truck was taken in July from the Leggett Independent School District campus. There's a picture of him. If you have any information about this person, please contact the Livingston Crime Stoppers. A local citizen, Tim Martin, put out a full-page ad in the paper. It was a paid political ad, and he's discussing a letter that he has written to County Attorney Hahn. If you're interested in that, it's there for you to read. Barbara White, looking back at a long-delayed county judge's election, comes to an end. And that was Judge John Thompson greets supporters after winning re-election in a long-delayed runoff contest, and it was held on September 13th of 1994. Goodrich First Baptist Church celebrates 116 years with a homecoming. And there's a picture here of a group of churchgoers shown in front of what was the original First Baptist Church located in Goodrich on FM 1988 West across the railroad tracks. The lion roar is in the paper, and there's an invitation here on the page letting people know that on Monday, September 23rd at 6.30 p.m., it will be a Highway to Homecoming 2019 parade, and it's going to begin at the downtown Livingston Water Tower and end at Lions Stadium. So I know that many of you look forward to that each year, and it's coming up. Corrigan Bulldogs have won again. Albert Trevino, one of our reporters, is covering them this season, and it looks like the Bulldogs 
Hawks won 32-8 against the Kirbyville Wildcats. And it looks like that the Livingston Lions uh, lost their game. The score was 48-7, so they've got some work to do. But it's early in the season. There's more tips in the paper about the Medicare open enrollment. So if you need some information on that, there's a story here in the paper. Looks like the print shop for Polk County Publishing Company, which you can speak to Jessica right here in Livingston, is selling Christmas cards. So any kind of seasons, greetings, cards that you're interested in, you can order them right here have them printed locally. And I know that she has a complete set of generic that she'll put your family information on the inside of that are beautiful sitting at the front desk. Or you can do a custom card. Tell her what you want, bring in a special photo, and she'll design your Christmas cards this year. Now, in the Thursday, September 19th issue of the paper, we have a story here, which is a catfish guide. And it's talking about reeling in channel cat with cheese bait. So you don't want to miss that. It's called Fishing with Stubby. Constable resigns office in plea agreement. So this is in a brief hearing Monday. Constable Piper entered a guilty plea and resigned from his office and surrendered his peace officer license in exchange for a sentence of 10 years deferred adjudication probation. And Piper is facing two felony charges for the unauthorized use of county-issued credit cards reportedly by his daughter. So the plea agreement also removes the possibility of his daughter being charged in connection with the incidents. The city did pass a $28.2 million budget for 2020. There's a story here by our news director, Valerie Riddell. And also, Polk County Jail passes its reinspection. Also, Valerie, writing in the paper, Tyler County Sheriff's Office had to deploy some spikes to end a Polk County police chase. And this was deputies of the Tyler County Sheriff's Office put a stop to police chase that began in Polk County. And it was Wednesday morning, September 12, the Tyler County Sheriff's Office deputies were notified that there was an eastbound pursuit headed into Tyler County on Highway 190, and the automobile was being pursued by officers with Livingston Police Department. So the two groups worked together, and they got their suspect. There is a banner promoting the 7th Annual Spirit Ride, and it was put on display Saturday in front of the Livingston Waterburger. And this is an annual bike ride that's going to start at 8 o'clock Saturday, October October the 5th, and the event begins and ends on the Livingston High School parking lot, and early registration is $35, and you can register on site that day for $45, and all proceeds will benefit the Polk County Crime Stoppers program. And if you want more information on this, you can go online, PolkCountySpiritRide.com. And if you want to register on site, it's going to start at 630 that morning, October 5th. And there will be a Spirit Ride t-shirt available to the first hundred people who register. And Livingston ISD board, according to our reporter, Brian Besh, purchases 20 school buses And here's a special presentation. That story is on the front page of the paper. Camden Plywood Plant celebrates 40 years. And there's a photo here with uh, Rachel Iglesias. And she's from the U.S. Representative Brian Babin's office. And she presented the GP Camden Complex Manager, Lester Knight, with a certificate commemorating Plant's milestone. Pictured are three of the 39 animals that were adopted on Saturday from the SBCA of Polk County, including Dustin, whose adoption fee was sponsored by Polk County abstract, a regular supporter of the SPCA. So we have photos in here of Scarlett and Ralph, two animals at SPCA, and sounds like they had a really good adoption day.
Let's see. Representatives of Harbor Hospice were the guest speakers at a recent meeting of the Livingston Rotary Lions Club. And pictured are Rotary President Lee Hahn and Harbor Hospice Volunteer Coordinator Melanie Strickland. It's an article you may be interested in. Rejected prescriptions for new drugs tied to higher heart and stroke risk. The story out of Dallas. Now, because of the torrential rains that are coming down all over the East Texas area, I did hear that all the football games for the week and any activities for Livingston ISD would be canceled on Friday, September 20th. This time of year is so interesting. It's hard to plan things, and there's a lot of devastation going on again in Houston and in the Beaumont area, and everyone needs to be careful out there. Corgan Camden Bulldogs have a special page in the paper. It will be happening every month this whole school year. So for sure, get your paper so that you can read all about it. It looks like the top news story is that Corgan Camden ISD is blessed to have many fabulous teachers and their elementary teachers created collective resumes and are showcasing them in September and October. I'm interested in that story. There's a picture of first grade students and they're getting excited about the homecoming game September 20th, which I'm concerned about that. I don't know if that game's actually going to happen because of the weather. We'll have to keep an eye out for that and see what happens. Homecoming, which is due to be Friday, September 20th. Mickey and Linda Eddins have been married for 59 years and recently celebrated the 50th anniversary of the M&F Western Accessories. This is a story by Dr. Don Newberry, and this is about a man on a mission marks 50 years in business and then 59 years of marriage. I'd like to say thank you to all of you who participated in the Polk County Reader's Choice Best of Polk County competition. I have hundreds and hundreds of of entries in my office that I'm carefully one by one entering in the system. And we will have a special section in the Sunday, November 3rd issue of the Polk County Enterprise. So keep your eyes open for that. And then around town, you'll be seeing who all the winners are after the section comes out in the paper. There's a public notice in the paper that Entergy is seeking to amend the TCRF, which is the Transmission Cost Recovery Factor with the Public Utility Commission. And they put a legal notice in the paper on that. In the bulletin board, there is a TOPS meeting that's going to be held. It's every Thursday at 9 a.m. in the Ben's classroom of Pine Forest Baptist Church on Highway 190. Um, there's a phone number in here that you can call if you're interested in that meeting. It's TOPS, which is Take Off Pounds Sensibly. Livingston Art League meets the fourth Monday in January, February, April, July, August, and October, and the third Monday of May and the fourth Saturday of March, June, September. There's a lot of meetings listed in here. They do art demonstrations, and if you're interested in being a part of the Livingston Art League, you can email them at livingstonartleague at gmail.com or visit livingstonartleague.weebly.com. There's a Red Hat Classy Ladies Club of Livingston, and this is 55-plus women, and they meet at a 11:15 on the fourth Thursday for lunch and fun, and you can call for location. And that information's in the paper. Leanna Harrison is the contact person for that. Thank you all for listening. This week in Trinity County, we have pictures of the Trinity Community Fair Duchesses.
and Fair Queens. The Duchesses are freshman Alexis Simon, sophomore Olivia Wallace, and junior Gabby Kaufman. All three Fair Queen candidates are seniors. Cameron Lane will represent the FFA, Juliana Garcia will represent the Student Council, and Sean Stat-Sendoval will represent the Beta Club. This is the 70th annual Trinity Community Fair, and this year's motto is Raising Champions. Trinity County Commissioners and Judge Doug Page held a pair of special call meetings last week. Last Friday, they held a meeting to discuss the budget, which they plan to approve during next week's commissioner's court meeting. The proposed budget is $9.6 million for the 2019-2020 fiscal year, which begins October 1st. On Monday, they met again to discuss the proposed tax rate. The proposed tax rate is expected to stay the same at $0.65 cents per $100 valuation. The commissioners also met last Tuesday, and the hot-button issue there was re-entering an agreement with Walker County for Walker County to host inmates of Trinity County. Walker County had this agreement with Trinity County until December of last year, but the agreement has just been reinstated. Walker County will charge $39 a day per inmate as the same price that Polk County charges to house Trinity County inmates. In addition to Walker and Polk County, San Jacinto County also houses Trinity inmates. However, they house Trinity inmates for the price of $35 a day per inmate. Speaking of Trinity County, there will be a new constable in Precinct 4, which is in the northern end of the county. Reggie Olive, who has been the constable for the last eight years, will not seek a third term. Under Olive's watch, he spoke at all four of the county school districts, Groveton, Apple Springs, Centerville, and Trinity, and shared knowledges about alcohol abuse, teenage dating violence, and drug abuse. He also helped implement the Standard Protocol, which was founded by John Michael Keyes, whose daughter was killed in a school shooting in Colorado back in 2006. And he also served with the Houston Police Department for several years, and he has a grand total of 23 years in law enforcement. And this will be his second gig with retirement. And football season is here, and all three football teams were at home last Friday. Apple Springs got its first win of the season, 36-18 against Ty Island. Groveton suffered its first loss of the season, 46-36 against Buffalo. And Trinity is still in search of win number one as they dropped a 22-13 decision to Centerville. Apple Springs ISD also discussed its teacher retirement system policy. Some retired educators who come back into education once they're retired suffer a 15% penalty on their retirement. And Apple Springs ISD will cover that penalty if they hire a retired teacher. And speaking of Apple Springs ISD, trustee Audrey Young, who is the director of student support services at Nacogdoches ISD, visited with State Representative Trent Ashby and Senator Robert Nichols at a recent Texas Tribune meeting at Angelina College. The main topic of discussion was information related to the 86th legislative session, which also included House Bill Three. House Bill 3 focuses on teacher pay raises, the revocation of small school penalties, and the allocations of education dyslexia and transportation. Howdy everybody, Chris Edwards here coming at you, bringing you the news from Tyler County from this week's edition of the Tyler County Booster. So, I hope everybody in our region is staying high and dry and safe. Amelda has really pounded a, a lot of the area and for all practical intents and purposes, our neighbors down southeast of us in Beaumont, their city is pretty much shut down. And this afternoon, Governor Abbott declared a state of disaster for 13 counties, two of which are neighboring counties to Tyler County. That'd be uh, Jasper 
Jasper and Hardin counties. So if you have people in those areas affected by Imelda or if you're finding yourself down there somewhere where ever the the floodwaters be, please stay safe, exercise caution, turn around, don't drown, as the Texas Department of Transportation has made a motto or maxim in times of flooding. According to the National Weather Service, there looks to be another round of rain possible for Friday, and it's going to take a couple of days for the floodwaters to recede in all the areas that have been flooded. However, Humberto and Jerry are both spinning around the Atlantic, according to the National Weather Service, so we'll keep you abreast of what happens with those developments. Moving on into Tyler County-centric things, um, our top story this week in the booster has to do with Daniel Andrew McGinnis, who's become a familiar name to readers of our newspaper, and he's a very well-known individual in the area. He was arrested last month for cold case investigation. He was arrested and charged with the murder of Patricia Ann Jacobs, which happened in 1988. Well, McGinnis, who lived in Warren for many years, was sentenced to to 99 years and given a life sentence as well. So life sentence plus 99 years in Judge Delinda Gibbs Walker's courtroom last week. This was unrelated to the murder charge. Oh, this was stemming from a couple of charges that he picked up when he was arrested in Woodville back in 2017. One of them was unlawful possession by felon and another was a drug charge. So McGinnis is awaiting transfer into a TDCJ facility after this sentencing. However, he is still going to stand trial in Jefferson County for the murder of Patricia Ann Jacobs. And we don't know when that might be, but District Attorney Bob Wortham said that they are planning to put him on trial there and building the case around him in regard to that. But the DPS is still looking at some other cold cases that they feel he might be linked to that happened here in Texas in the 1980s and 90s, as well as some in Utah and California as well. So any other developments on McGinnis and that trial to happen, we will be bringing them to you. Moving along into other news, the city of Ivanhoe has reason to celebrate. Last week at its city council meeting, it passed the ordinance to go ahead and issue the bonds for the road work project that's going to be done. The $2 million bond issue that they passed last November is moving right along. They sold their bonds and the sale went to the New York-based Baker Group. And there were three offers in this bond sale, actually, and the best offer was uh, went to the Baker Group. The gentleman who was representing the uh, U.S. Capital Advisors firm who orchestrated the sale of these bonds, James Gillies' name was present at the city council meeting last Thursday. And he spoke at length in great detail about what all this entailed and as well as the city's financial situation and its rating from Standard & Poor. The city of Ivanhoe has an A rating from S&P and that helped out a lot in getting such a good deal on these bonds. And they credit it in the portfolio with the remarks and everything. They credit it to sound financial management and very conservative spending in budget cycles. So very good for the city of Ivanhoe. And they also passed their new budget, which will go into effect. The new fiscal year begins October the 1st. So that's something that the the county and all the other municipalities around here, they're down to the wire and passing budgets and so forth. And so uh, we're bringing you those updates on any changes in the budgets or 
passing or whatever as they occur, as those meetings are held and hearings and so forth. Next week, it'll be the county's turn. They'll be adopting theirs or, and having a hearing and everything uh, Monday morning at 8.30. Stay tuned on that front. All right. It's about that time of year again. Uh, well, it's getting to be that time of year that they're starting to do a lot of stuff out at Heritage Village. Harvest Festival will be next month. That'll be the third weekend in October. But before that, they have their annual ghost storytelling tradition. And this year, ghost story that's called uh, Ghosts and Legends of Texas Past. And it's going to happen next Saturday, which is September 28th. And this year, there's going to be two storytellers, Ricky Davis and Angela Davis. They're no relation, and they're from different parts of the state. Well, actually, Angela's from Louisiana, and they're both champion storytellers and writers and great renown. And so they're going to be out to entertain people and, and uh, play up the spooky factor. You know, it's getting to be close to Halloween time. Of course, they'll be here before we know it. So who doesn't love a good spooky story? And Texas history is full of unique legends and lore. So going out to Heritage Village, it starts at 7, goes from 7 until 9 p.m. that is, September the 28th, and it should be a lot of fun. I think the admission prices for it are $5 for adults and $3 for children. Alrighty, so in news of uh, school boards in the area, Woodville ISD held its regular monthly meeting on Monday evening, and they went over their accountability ratings, as well as they also purchased a new school bus. Karen Ford, who handles testing and curriculum for the district, she presented an overview of the accountability ratings ratings for the year 2019. And the district overall received a B from the Texas Education Agency. The high school received an A, and the elementary and intermediate campuses received C's, and the middle school received D. And although WISD did not receive the improvement required rating overall, administrators have already moved forward with drafting plans to correct areas that are not meeting the standards. And Ford said those programs are being developed under the Effective Schools Framework which consists of a set of commitments and action plans for all of the Woodville ISD campuses. So big things are happening there at Woodville ISD. And Ford said, we are making it a district-wide initiative rather than just intermediate or middle school. It is meant for all schools and for the district to work cooperatively. The ESF is a sequence roadmap that helps all schools prioritize their needs and emphasis will always be on instruction. Also, at the board meeting, they purchased a 77-passenger bus and equipped with seat belts, so it'll be ready to go for all the athletic trips and band and other extracurricular programs, and so way to go for Woodville ISD. Like I said, exciting things happening over there. If you follow sports in the area, one thing happened last weekend that was really cool. With our Tyler County football teams, we have four schools out of the five who have football programs, and all four of those schools won their games, and three of them got their first win wins of the season. That was a Colmenil, Chester, and Woodville. And Warren got their second win of the season. So way to go, Yellow Jackets, Warriors, Bulldogs, and Eagles. Very cool. So if you have a chance to uh, swing through Woodville, or if you're here already, be sure to pick up a copy of the Tyler County Booster wherever fine periodicals are sold, or you can drop by our office downtown Woodville, in beautiful downtown Woodville at 205 West Bluff Street, and pick up one straight from the source for three shiny quarters. Or if 
if you have a dollar bill, you can put that forward and we'll give you change in the form of a shiny quarter. But anyway, you slice it, it's a bargain at 75 cents. And you can keep up with goings on in the county as well as get some helpful hints on a number of topics. And you can keep up with uh, high school sports in the county. I think that about wraps up, sums up, encapsulates a good deal of what we put forth in the booster this week. Just giving you a small kernel so you'll be encouraged. You have that in your mind to go actually buy a copy of the paper. Don't want to give away the whole enchilada. Just a little bit of it, though. Just a taste. But I hope everybody out there is safe and, and dry and that any relatives that you might have or friends who might be in areas that are heavily impacted by Imelda are brought to safety or somewhere where it's safe as well. Because um, I know it's hard for a lot of people. If you're on social media and things, you might be seeing these photos that are going around. I know I've seen at least a dozen places that I know pretty well in the Beaumont area and in the Houston area that have inundated. And I know it's triggering if you you know, you've been through a major hurricane and gosh, we've had the run of them lately in the last several years. Thinking back to Harvey, I mean, Harvey was bad enough, but here you have the chief of police of Vider this morning calling it a catastrophe and saying that this, in his opinion, far exceeds what they experienced with Harvey. So that's just, man, it's mind boggling, scary too. And then we've got Umberto and Jerry out there spinning around the Atlantic. So our thoughts out to everybody and just stay safe no matter what happens. Just stay safe. Just try to stay high and dry. And if you're on the roads when this hits, turn around. Don't drown. It's the best course of action. Thank you for listening. My name is Chris Edwards, and you are listening to the East Texas News Roundup. Hello, East Texas, from the beautiful town of Crockett. This is Tony Brownie, the managing editor of the Houston County Courier. Today has been a great day in the Houston County. We have finally received some much-needed rain and have been lucky enough to miss the onslaught of Tropical Storm Imelda. We pray that our neighboring counties are faring as well. On September 19 issue, the Courier's jam-packed with information. On the calendar are listings for free yoga classes at the Crockett Library, a free community health fair to be held September 27th at the Crockett Civic Center, and several listings for public civic meetings and much more. Live tributes include Willette Rawson, Artis Schultz, Travis Walker, Jimmy Ham, and Don Stokes. If you would like a copy of the obituaries, please come by our office and pick up a paper. Houston County is lucky enough to have a senior center that serves hot lunches four days a week. The center is located in the Davy Crockett Park. Lunches are served Monday through Thursday. The week of September 23rd starts out with taco soup and ends up the week with chicken and dumplings. Meal prices are $4 for 60 years and older. Youngsters under the age of 60 must pay $7. One very important article that we feature this week is from the Texas Press Association President Lori Brown. Lori compares the loss of the gray wolves to the loss of small local papers. Each, in its own way, has a rippling effect on the world. Where gray wolves help keep the natural environment in check, the small community newspapers keep the small community government entities in check. If not for the local community paper, you would not be aware of any tax hikes, changed laws, or new zoning. It is responsibility of the local paper to report facts and to keep citizens aware of what their government is up to. Lori adds that our founding fathers understood this and created the First Amendment to include freedom of the press and freedom of speech. Lori emphasizes the need for factual news, news that you can only get from your local small community.
community paper. On page 7, reporter Alton Porter writes about the Crockett Chamber Luncheon speakers Roger Dickey and Randy Hargrove. These gentlemen gave a very short training on how to react should you ever find yourself in an active shooter event. Their motto is, I am going home today. See the full story for more information. And now, here is our news reporter, Alton Porter. Thank you, Tony. Our top story in this week's Houston County Courier is about the Houston County Hospital District Board of Directors narrowly voting at a September 10th meeting to keep next fiscal year's property tax rate the same as it is this current fiscal year. The hospital district directors were divided on which of two rates they believe the district should levy next fiscal year, and they voted 5 to 4 to keep the rate at 14.9405 cents per $100 of assessed property valuation. In another story about the hospital district in this week's Courier, this one on page 2A, we report that the district received a qualified audit opinion from its outside audit firm on its financials for fiscal year 2017 and 2018. An entity hopes to receive a unqualified audit opinion on its financials because unqualified opinion is the highest opinion an audit firm can give. However, the hospital district received just the opposite, a qualified opinion for the fiscal year. That was the fiscal year immediately following the abrupt closure of the hospital, which was then Timberland's Healthcare by its parent company, Little River Healthcare. See the complete story in the paper. Also, as the courier went to the press Tuesday evening, September 17th, earlier this week, the hospital district board adopted the district's budget for the next fiscal year. The budget projects $3.3 million in total income as well as total expenses. See next week's, that is the September 26th edition of The Courier, for the complete story about this week's Hospital District Board meeting for more information about the district's budget. Now, in another front page story, we tell about a Latexo Independent School District Board of Directors meeting held Tuesday, September 12th. The lead for that story is about four Latexo students who were between the 5th and 6th grades, along with 5th grade teacher Katrina Smith, who attended the recent 2019 I Engage Civics Camp at Baylor University. The students are Madeline Smith, Emma Sanders, Danielle Williams, and Caitlin Patterson. At the I Engage Civics Camps, they learned about the structure of government, and other civic-related topics by playing digital games and participating in other activities. In addition, student participants in the camp got the opportunity to meet local elected officials, use local newspapers to identify specific issues in their communities, conduct research about the root causes of those issues, and determine why the issues are important to the community. Then, they learned how to foster civic discourse and engagement as means to build consensus. Two of the issues the Latexo students got to focus on were a problem affecting many veterans and vaping dangers that affects teens. Way to go, Madeline, Emma, Danielle, and Caitlin. Keep up the good work. In our feature photo on the front page, we show sidewalks being upgraded by workers in downtown Crockett as part of a $325,000 downtown revitalization program. The project, which involves the removal and replacement of sidewalks along Houston Avenue between 5th Street and 7th Street, is expected to last through the end of October. So, to motorists who drive on that portion of Houston Avenue 
Be sure to slow down and watch out for the sidewalk construction workers and their equipment and supplies. In addition, beginning on page 1A is our coverage of the Crockett City Council's meeting held earlier this week on Monday, September 16th. Our lead for this story focuses on progress being made in developing a planned farmer's market in the city park in front of City Hall. The story notes that Crockett Downtown Beautification Committee has donated $2,500 to the city for the purpose of installing an awning at the future site of the farmer's market. Former Crockett Mayor Joni Kluntz, a member of the Beautification Committee, along with other committee members, attended the meeting and presented the check uh, to current city of Crockett Mayor, Dr. Ianthea Fisher. Thanks to the Crockett Downtown Beautification Committee for making this donation for a worthwhile project. Also on the front page of this week's paper is a story from Houston County Elections Administrator, Cynthia Lum, encouraging county residents to register to vote if they aren't already registered. The County Elections Administration Office is participating in the National Voter Registration Day next Tuesday, September 24th, and we encourage everyone to come out to one of our three volunteer locations, Lum wrote in her article. Lum noted uh, that all three locations, which are listed in the article, will be equipped with a poll pad that lists current county voters, enabling them to check their information that is on file in the Elections Administration Office. Voters would have the opportunity to make changes if needed in their information that is on file. A constitutional election will be conducted November 5th, and the presidential election is coming up, of course, next year. So now is a good time for residents who are not registered to do so, and for those who are registered to make sure their information on file is accurate. Now, in the coverage of sports, our sports editor, Larry Lamb, leads off with a story about the Crockett football Bulldogs' decisive victory over county rival, the Grapeland Sandys, last Friday, September 13th. In a packed Stanley Stadium, the Bulldogs shook off a slow start to upend Sandys by the score of 48-8, to Larry reports. Fans filled the stands on both sides of the stadium, and those who were unable to find a seat lined up against a fence to watch the rivalry matchup that was revived last year after a long hiatus, Larry noted. He wrote, The Crockett Bulldogs were licking their wounds after suffering their first loss of the season in a close game the week before to the Garrison Bulldogs. While the Sanders came in undefeated and ranked number two statewide in Class 2A Division II, the rekindled rivalry between Crockett and Grapeland continues. This week, Friday night, September 20th, the Grapeland Sanders will be at home against the Norman G. Panthers and the Crockett Bulldogs will be on their bye week. Now, the Love Lady Lions, Houston County's other high school football team, continues to have a rough season. They fell on the road to Norman G. Panthers by a score of 37-12 to 12 in a non-district matchup last Friday, September 13th, Larry reports. On the season, the Lions so far have suffered three losses and have no wins. This week, the Lions will be back home playing the Leon Cougars. Larry's sports section also is chock full of other news about area volleyball matchups, the Latexo Tiger Invitational Cross Country Meet, East Texas Fishing Reports, and even includes some photos of the Houston County Crusaders young boys football team and their cheer squad in their debut games against Madisonville. The Crockett Lady Bulldogs varsity and junior varsity teams, the volleyball teams, will play the Elkhart Lady Elks volleyball team in Elkhart this Friday, September 20th, beginning at 4.30 p.m. That's it for now. We'll see you all next week. Thank you.